didn't have that much time to ever really just stop and take a good hard look at myself and say, hi, what do we want? What makes us happy? Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, Editor-in-Chief of InStyle Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Kiernan Shipka was cast on Mad Men when she was six years old, and now she's 60 in Hollywood years. Oh, hey, Kieran and Shipka. Hi, That's Laura you. Brown. Welcome to Ladies First. Thank you. And, and it's about ladies who are first in what they do in terms of ability or all of that, and that is you. And what I love about you, my dear, my dear girl, is I've always thought of you as aware, always being aware of where you are beyond your age, beyond what people would have thought of you, beyond what people would have expected. And you are the most brilliant room reader you have a really great perspective on people you're quick with the joke you can see around things really uniquely which is unusual given your vocation and how where your brain could have gone and I mean mush thank you (laughs) but I'm all here to say that Keeks you didn't go mush I did not I tried not to you kept me in check you kept me in line where did we meet uh, my bathroom. You, I would like to preface it with you were invited. You were coming over to my house. You had a YouTube show at the time. And I was getting ready. And then all of a sudden, this woman just walks in. And your energy was just unlike anything. I had just been hit with my first wave of Laura Brown energy. And I will never forget it. And you were 12. I was What's 12. What's joke? You were 12 and I was, do you remember? 21. We've been over this. 21 mm-hmm. plus 16. Yep. 21 plus 16. And that's actually my first memory of you. Yeah, I busted into the bathroom. But was your socks. That oh. You had these little cute socks on. And was it like Chanel? Chanel suede steel-capped boots that, uh, fun fact, my foot hasn't grown. So I still wear them all the time. And I probably still have those socks too. No. Fun fact. Foot stopped. I was like 11 and it just said, okay, you've got great taste in shoes. We're going to be nice to you and stop now so that you can wear them for the rest of your life. And so then we went into your closet and you had a summer closet and you had a winter closet. I think even then, I wouldn't even say we shared a maturity level because yours was already greater than mine. So then sometimes we would go for dinner and your mom, Erin, would drop you off and pick you up. And I would always try to get your mom to come in and like have a drink or whatever. She'd go, no, 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 no. And uh, but we'd have our little date nights. But then one time in LA, I took you to that party that Acne had downtown, Acne, the fashion brand. And so I took you there. And then remember, it was like all cool and groovy and there was a big dinner. But then there was some entertainment and there was basically exposed breasts. And I had to say, Karen, we have to go. I had to abscond you because you were like 14. I didn't even think I was 14. I think I was probably 13. But here we are nine years later and... I'm your mate, I'm your wannabe auntie, but I am more than anything, my dear, your admirer. Oh, my goodness. To see you, how you've kind of navigated all of this is tremendous. So here you are, here you are, 21 years old. When did you finish the last season of Sabrina? We finished right before the the whole, whole world flipped upside down. We finished February 24th of 2020. Wow, and I, I, I reckon it was about like March 14th, I think, when we were wanting all the toilet paper 
Did you ever go to a grocery store when it was like doomsday? Like masks weren't a thing yet. <laughs> and, and everyone was just like crammed in a grocery store grabbing dry goods. I bought so <laughs> many dry goods because I was like, we're never going to leave our house again. We need, we need non-perishables. What did you, what did you get? So some lentils? Yeah, lentils, any kind of bean, pastas, all sorts of stuff. It's still in the pantry. Did you? Yeah, I was going to say, did you eat any of said beans? No, but I actually cracked into the pasta for the first time last week. Where have you been? What have you been doing? What have you been eating? I mean, I've been eating pasta, but it's normally takeout. So the past 10 months, has it just been constant thriving? Yeah. Amazing. I've been amazing. Tell, tell me about one of your many peaks. How has it been for, for, your, for your brain to be at home? It was an interesting moment in time for everything to stop for me because I had just... So taking it way back, I started Mad Men when I was six years old. I rapped when I was 15. And from 15 to 18, I was still working, doing projects here and there, doing a lot of fashion events and stuff like that. And I felt like I was kind of busy all the time. And then I started Sabrina at 18. And that took me from 18 to 20. And then I went from working 16-hour days five days a week to complete and utter isolation almost. I mean, I was lucky that I was with my family and my friend, but I, um, I, I really had more time. I've had more time in the past year to think about my life than I ever have, which has been kind of, kind of great on a personal level to just have a moment to lay low, but then it's, it was such a trying year that I didn't feel like I got much joy out of the laying low. What was the best and what was the worst or is because we're still in our way. So Christian quarantined with us for the first four months. Right. Who's a a friend, actor and photographer. The best in the business. And it was so nice to have someone there to just kind of goof around with. Like I felt like I was in an eternal sleepover, which was really quite fun. And I got creative all of a sudden. Like, I got creative. I started writing a lot. I read more than I'd read in a very long time. I took a big pause and I evaluated everything, which was which was good, you know? I, I didn't have that much time to ever really just stop and take a good hard look at myself and say, hi, what do we want? What makes us happy? And what did you work out that you wanted to do more of? I always thought I was an introvert, but last year I sort of realized it might have been the opposite. Every year up until last year, I completely said, I'm an introvert. I need time alone to recharge. And the second that I got alone time to recharge, it was like, I need people. I need to see people and talk to people and tell them what they mean to me. And I still miss that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But you didn't feel a bit like there was a a lot of mental backlog? I did. I felt like I was playing catch up for the first couple months and I was also sleeping like embarrassing hours a night. Right. Sleeping like a like a college student. <laughs> like the like the junior in college I should be. So yeah, this awareness thing I wanna like speak to more because obviously the producers of Mad Men saw that in you, which was very, very key to Sally. There's a lot being said about you being a child in that adult situation and all that kind of stuff. But how did you at an early, early age always feel quite armed to be able to exist in that world? I think so. I think I was a very passionate, excited young child. And it's it's sort of a testament to, I think, 
everyone on the set of Mad Men for never really treating me like I was a child or less than them. Like they always just treated me like a cast member. They were they were extremely protective of me, but I, I always felt like I was a part of the team from a young age. And sure, I think a bit of that's probably on my end of feeling ready to do something that I really loved, but it also is because everyone was so welcoming and, and trusting of me. I think about it a lot, how much I owe to Mad Men, not just for a platform and a way in, but just, just my formative years of life were, I was surrounded by so many brilliant people that treated me with such respect. Did you feel like this accelerated your development in some particular ways? I, I was thinking about this too the other day that I just, I grew up around way more adults than I did children. I was doing an independent study program and then I was hanging out with my buddies on the weekend, but I was, I was around a lot of adults and I was having a lot of adult, not, not adult in like an inappropriate way, but I was having a lot of mature conversations at a young age with people. So I do think that sort of informed my entire being in maybe ways that I don't even, don't even know. You arrived there because you belonged there because of your, your character and your ability. But I think that then all of that became reinforced by that environment. It was an acting school too. That's the thing is that I was a sponge. I was, I soaked everything up that I saw around me and it, it taught me everything I know about acting too. What are your first acting sort of lessons or learnings from being on Madman? I think one thing that I learned early on is that even if the scene isn't even if it's not yours, even if it's not the scene where you have the most dialogue, and even if the scene isn't about you, you still owe it to yourself and everyone to give it 100%. Right. And it's, with Mad Men, if, if we were doing a scene and, and I had no dialogue, they would probably still put a camera on my face at some point to get my reaction. It, it sort of taught me early on that there's so many nuances to what you do, and it's not so much a vanity thing or a, an importance thing or a power thing. It's just about giving it your all and being thoughtful. Everyone was so thoughtful on that show. I mean, every, every little bit mattered and every little detail mattered. And I think that's, that's definitely stuck with me to this day. Have you, have you watched it again lately or happened upon it or... Yeah, so that's actually that was actually uh, one of my quarantine highlights was that I watched Mad Men huh? for the first time. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. I mean, I'd seen episodes and I'd been to table reads because I felt like I knew what was going on, but I'd never like, sat down and watched it start to finish. Oh my god! Okay, tell me, what'd you think? <laughs> so, hot take. It's trash. No, I'm kidding. I loved it. I loved it. But see, when we wrapped. I was, I was just not, it's not mentally, I think, a time to, to go back and, and watch it. it just, I wasn't there yet. I probably would have watched it when I was 18 or 19, but with filming Sabrina and stuff, I didn't, I didn't sort of want to do that. And then I, I was like, okay, I think it's, I think it's time. I think I'm as mentally prepared as I, I can be. And I loved it. And I was so proud. I'd be very surprised when I came on screen. Like, I would completely forget that I was in it every single episode. I was so excited about it. And then I would pop up. And I'm like, 
what what am I doing there? Like this is this is so weird. <laughs> like like I would be so like, hey, isn't it funny that we're watching like one of the greatest television shows and I'm I'm in it sometimes. Hey, were there partic- any particular scenes, episodes, performances that stuck with you as a viewer? I mean, there's so, there's so many. I mean, I think this, there's an there's an episode called the suitcase, which is just like a masterclass in acting from John and Lizzie. It's utterly fantastic to watch. I could watch January all day. Betty Draper is just a legend among us. Well, she's doing that on Instagram now. Oh my God. <laughs> I love her so much. But now you say with, with a bunch of them when you in January did that Rodarte campaign. I think the last person I actually probably saw was John. So for my 20 belated 21st, whenever that may be, we're going to have to get the whole cast. When you finish that, you're obviously 15. And that's already in, that's another whole body and mind phenomenon, along with career. Get hit with being 15 and having an existential crisis, like a genuine one too. <laughs> I bet. Did you, how did, when, when that wrapped, I mean, tell me how you felt. I, it hit me in waves over the next, I think, year and a half. I will say when we actually wrapped filming, I was 14, I felt like an emotional capacity that I'd never felt previously. Like, I just remember, not to spoil anything, but there's this one scene where I'm reading a note that my mom writes me, and I'll just leave it at that. And I remember filming the scene, and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to cry in the scene. And I did not do a lot of crying in the show. I mean, periodically, but it wasn't, like, my main thing. I was quite stoic, and it, it said in the script, you know, Sally, like, sobs. Sally, Sally breaks down crying. And I just remember reading the the note, and in January was there actually reading it off screen. And it was just like, okay, like we're going to have a well of tears forever now. Like it was just, it was just one of those things where there was, there was no, there was no effort. I think I'm still processing it on levels. Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. This week, I'm hanging out with Kiernan Shipka, my life coach. Then Sabrina came along. When that came up to you, what was your first reaction? The casting process was really quick. It ramped up like it was just a week of my life that kind of felt like this total days of learning lines and doing screen tests and going to meetings. And then you're just sort of, you're sort of hit with it all at once. But the second that it sort of came into my life, it just made so much sense to me and felt right. And I felt like it was a piece of material that I could really have a lot of fun with and I could play a teenager that was a lot different than Sally and, 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 and do something kind of fantastical and so fun. And also to see you, it's interesting as, as you were getting older, but also you started to sort of gift wrap yourself. You're your full power. You're sort of in this show, you're running the show and just coming into the full throttle of your own voice too, which we see on your Instagram and just really wry and really funny and, and really aware. What are you, like 8 million Instagram followers now? Yeah. Crazy? Yeah. That was a completely different arena for me because Instagram wasn't even a thing when Mad Men was on. And then the subsequent years, you know, I was I would always post and, and always engage with people and it was kind of fun. And it would be like me and my friend having a bowl of noodles. Yes, exactly. For example. And various 
foodstuffs. There were many foodstuffs. It's so funny that people still to this day are like, oh, you're such a foodie. I was like, because I posted on my Instagram like five years ago, a bowl of noodles. Yes. Apparently I'm a, yes. I'm a big foodie. Um, yes. But yes, yes you it are. is true. It is true. I do love food. It, it did change uh, because the fan base for Sabrina is just utterly amazing and so cool and so passionate. And it just felt like overnight the way in which I was engaging on Instagram and the fan accounts were just something I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily used to, but so fun. Such a, such a different, such a different side of things. And honestly, it's a great, it's, it's great. I have so much fun on Instagram. How has it been fun and easy for you? Because you don't ever think it, right? I would say that don't take it too seriously is the best advice I have. I enjoy posting. I enjoy engaging with people and connecting to a certain level. And that's that. I make it real simple. And I know that it has the capacity to not be simple for people. It can be a comparison trap. But for me, I just boil it down to just have fun. If it's not damaging to your mental health, it's it's a nice way to just uh, engage with people. But that's another, like, another thing that comes back to your awareness because you read that room very early and effectively when so many don't. So can you like get into just in some ways how you've developed perspective on this industry that gave you the ability to go, oh, I see around that. I'm not going to get lost in that. I think I would attribute a lot of it to you. Um, and <laughs> Shut up. Uh, no, yeah. honestly, you're, you're definitely part of it. It's all my friends are part of it. I had a very abnormal childhood, but I maintained a sense of normalcy outside of my job and I prioritized it always. Um, and I had people around me that made sure that I prioritized it. If I was going to an event, I was probably bringing my best friend and we were leaving early to go get food somewhere and talk about the night. I remember there was this, uh, there was this Stella McCartney party. I'm probably like 14 or 15 and I bring my other like 14 year old best girlfriend who like goes to girls school and we show up and there's like Al Pacino is the only other person there <laughs> when we walk in. <laughs> And we're just kind of like looking around like, what do we do? Do we say hi? Like, do we talk to like, I don't know, the bartender? Because I don't really want to go to Al Pacino right now and start talking to him. Like, that's what happened. Like, what did you do? Luckily, luckily, Heim showed up really quickly and we were just like, oh, thank God, let's go to the photo booth because that was really awkward. Did he go? Oh, what is he saying? We never went up to him. He was sitting in a corner and he just didn't seem like he wanted to be interrupted. Like my friend was like, oh, I, you know, I gotta get back by 10. I've got a science final tomorrow. It was a balancing act, but I think that's what kept me sane too. Yeah, again, on social, I saw you did the, took over the cuts Instagram the other day, and you are, you're so good at it, and it comes so and it's so natural to you, and it's so funny, and it's just like, oh, you're sitting there going, that's the noise you make when you, when you post. That's, that's also and, another pro tip I have, is to add a sound effect to every click, especially if you're posting a, a thirst trap or something like that. If, if you try to sound like the penguin as yeah. often as possible. As long as humanly possible. 
what you've you worked a little bit over um the the choir the choir like yes the in LA um you did that Quibi show but then Quibi disappeared <laughs> a little bit of an ill-fated uh, project if you will we got shut down three weeks in because of a pandemic and then the actual the actual network shuts down as well so you know <laughs> what are you looking to do now what do you, what would be the ideal one thing that I that I was able to do this past year was just watch a lot of TV shows and, and a lot of movies and it got me so excited to be part of things that I'm passionate and excited about again. I just want things that are going to excite me and whatever genre it may be, whatever medium it is, I just want it to be really, really, really good quality and something that really, really excites me and that I can really sink my teeth into. I would love to do more comedy, more drama. I'll do anything. I'll do anything as long as it's with good people. Are you offered all sorts of disparate things or is ever anything thematic that comes to you? Because again, you've very quite cleverly mm-hmm. done two very, very different things. Yeah. But very. what comes at you? I'm at that age where I probably have about six to seven more years of playing teenagers. I'm twenty-seven. I'm loving high school. No, I'm serious. I'm serious though. When I get a script that I'm like a like an adult woman. I'm more than happy to play teenagers as well. But but I do find that that it's a lot more surprising when something comes my way where I'm where I'm playing someone that's graduated from college. Who's hit puberty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's number one. If we're not there, then then it's you know, it's someone else's role, not mine. You actually ask your agents to highlight on the on the front post puberty. Yes. PP. <laughs> How ambitious are you? In the height of my ambitious moments, it's a 10. That's fully right. my personality. I think it, at least lately I've been sort of trying to figure out what that balance means or if like a level seven on the ambition all the time is better than like 10 sometimes and two the rest of the time. And I don't, I don't know what the answer is. But for me, I find that ambition has always sort of just existed within and I don't necessarily need to do much to force myself to be more ambitious, but the the discipline comes in waves. So sometimes I can kind of probably get a bit hard on myself for, oh man, you're not like, you're not working right this second. But the fact of the matter is that every sort of bit of my life is going to bring something new to the next character that I play in a way that I wouldn't have been able to bring to it if I was just always working. So I think I've actually learned to prioritize my outside of work life and and make that a part of my ambition. Okay, wait, here's my next one. How competitive are you? This is this is actually a loaded question for me because to a certain extent I I don't find myself that competitive with other people. I do find myself very competitive. I'm always trying to be the best version of myself versus, you know, win the race. But I never really bring other people into the mix. It always just feels like it's a very internal thing. It's because you're so aware, you see. There's a theme here. What are you most confident in and what are you least confident in? Interesting. Uh, this is a good question, Laura. This is a very good question. And I'm trying to be thoughtful with it. Um, because oftentimes I feel like my confidence doesn't necessarily 
make sense. I find like what I'm most confident in one day could be what I'm least confident in another day. But I'm confident and somewhat proud of the person that I've become. I really feel like I've I've sort of come into a version of myself that I very much so like. I don't feel like I'm a fabricated version of myself or trying to please others with my personality. I, I think I've I've reached a healthy level of confidence just just being myself, which I really like. I, I find like I have like a healthy sense of doubt with most things too. I'm not I'm not confident when it comes to certain sports. Surfing, get me get me on a surfboard, and I'm just ugh, I just like completely can't do it. It's also, a death trap. Singing in front of other people is definitely like I find that like when I'm by myself, I'm a pop star. And then the second that you get me singing in front of someone else, I just like it's just it, it leaves me. Well, there goes your cabaret on a surfboard career. I know, I know. A sad day. Yeah, I'm sorry that your options are so limited. Okay, we do this thing. It's called 10 firsts. Okay, you ready? First acting gig. Um, ER. As a baby? Juliana Margulies' child in a stroller. And then she came up to me once at an award show. One day was like, I'm such a fan of your work. And I was like, guess what? We've worked together before. That was a satisfying thing. Okay, so that was obviously formative. So you keep saying Mad Men was formative, but you were Juliana Margulies' baby in a stroller in ER. For like two hours. It was it was a huge moment. This is a launch pad to the rest of my life. First acting inspiration or role model? Wizard of Oz was the first movie that I ever really sat down and watched, and I realized that you could make a movie and tell a story and escape from the world. So I always sort of go back to that. A bit of an ill-fated production, though. <laughs> Probably not something to aspire to. If you don't look behind the curtain, first acting hurdle. When you're old enough to process rejection and you don't get a part, and I remember a few that, that hurt particularly. First couple things that I really, really wanted that I did not end up getting, I got close to getting, hurt a lot. And I, I, I think that that was, that was a shock. It's not for the week. It's not for the week. First time you felt like a successful actress? When I was recognized for the first time um, at my local Jamba Juice, I was like seven, and some mom comes up to me and is like, help me watch your show every Sunday night. And I was just, my day was made. I was on cloud nine for the rest of the day. Was that your first fan interaction? What are Sabrina fans like in person? Well, I guess you haven't seen anyone really lately. Very, yeah, I was about to say, for the past, very, past year I haven't seen any, but so, so enthusiastic. And the fun thing about Sabrina is that I've gone to Comic-Cons, which is a whole, whole next, that's a level up. That is a level up of fandom. I have seen someone come up to me in a pair of shorts, slowly roll up the short to reveal a tattoo of my face on their quad, which is just something that I'll never forget in my entire life. Oh, sorry. I just clenched mine <laughs> just hearing that. Was it a, was it a gentleman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. Anyway, first first impression of of the Sabrina cast? It was sort of one at a time because I was doing some chemistry reads. Um, but I will say that every time I did a chemistry read with Chance, with Ross, and with Michelle, who were all on the show, and several people were coming in 
I knew the minute that they, that they started speaking, that they were that part. And I think it, it sort of solidified in my brain that this cast was going to be a very strong, tightly knit cast that were really going to assume these roles in a powerful way. And, you know, I feel like I was kind of right. Okay, this is an important one. First drink you order, now you can. I will say, I think a margarita is my drink. And it's, all, it's LA, so it's year round, it's not seasonal. First fashion splurge. <sighs> Chanel suede steel cap boots, baby. Most recent fashion anything that has arrived or you've bought or has given you sparked joy. Oh, a good, a uh, 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 Garrett Lay sunglasses. A good pair. I needed a good pair of sunglasses. They really sort of just seal the deal sometimes. Because you sometimes leave the house. So sometimes I go to my yard. So brave. Okay. First time you owned your shit. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Professionally or personally or something that you did when you had to stand up for yourself or own something and say, this is the deal. I was lucky that with Mad Men, I was always very protected and I always felt very taken care of in, in that kind of capacity. But there have been several moments since where you just kind of have to, you kind of have to arm yourself, I think, to a certain extent, and just know that no is a very valid answer to certain creative endeavors where you're just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. That's not worth it. Do you do it like in a movie montage in the mirror and you go, no, 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 no. no." Yeah. Or I just like text it. I'm not confident enough to call it. He's like, hey, I think it's a pass. First thing you do or eat if you're stressed out? Popcorn's number one stress food of choice. Also, you know what I find is a, it is at first more of a de-stressor. And then sometimes a stressor is taking yourself out to go get a coffee. Like if I'm stressed and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm super stressed out right now. I need to get out of my head, put on some nice music and go and like order myself a nice coffee shop too expensive latte. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter if it's 5 p.m. in the evening. And then inevitably the caffeine will heighten the anxiety in most cases, but momentarily there's like a joy and a novelty to going to a coffee shop, getting a coffee. I find that that's also a really nice coping mechanism. To the ritual of it. Now you've always been like that, even as a teen. Excuse me, can somebody sign Keanu up for a coffee ad? Okay, first date. I had this thing where I didn't want to date people. And anytime that a guy asked me out, I would just like, (laughs) I would do one of two things. I would say, no, I'm not allowed to date until I'm 16, which then expired. But another thing that I would do, I would bring a friend. (laughs) And you know, Timothy Chalamet was living with us for a while. So oftentimes I would bring him, which is like probably not the most polite person to bring on what someone thinks is going to be a date. What would you do? Can please set the scene? They were like, hey, want to like, you know, get a, get dinner or something? I'd be like, sure, yeah, it sounds great. And then I'd text them like an hour before and say, hey, my friend's with me. I think they're going to join. So you still do that, right? Yeah, so I still do that to this day. I've not been on a date. Um, first, first date? I, I think it was probably one of those hangouts where you just don't know if they're dates or not. Okay, lastly... 
Keeks, Kiernan, Kiernan, Shipka, K ships. Um, Shipka in the night. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Thanks. First thing you'll do when this godforsaken pandemic is over. Oh my goodness gracious. I would love a game night. Of course, we're all going to be ready to hit the dance floor, right? Like we're all going to be ready to go to the club and have big parties and concerts and music festivals and all, all, all that sort of stuff too. I get that. But I really miss having like a healthy number of people indoors. I fantasize about like a group of 15 people and we play games and we drink and we hang out and we laugh and all the other stuff, great too. But what I'm craving is just a, a, a semi-large group. A mid-sized gathering, if you will. That's how oppressed we've been, that we crave a mid-sized gathering. More than anything. More than anything. And then a belated birthday. Someone is going to come out of a cake. I don't know who. And that person will be me. I was sort of trying to insinuate that, but I just didn't want to. Well, my dear one, Kiernan, I'd miss you so. I really love to hear you say that you were confident in who you've become. And, and to say that with such honesty and straightforwardness, and I think that's, well, one, I, I knew that of you, and I'm so proud of you for that, but I think that's really important for other young women to hear too. I could not have done it without you. <laughs> this has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Savarese, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Haley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrown99.